I welcome you here today in the name of Jesus Christ. And we are here to acknowledge that God is great. Which God are, are we talking about? Well, obviously, the one true God. Oh, but which God is that? The Creator God. The one Creator. And when Jesus of Nazareth came on the scene, this was the God that he called his Father. And Jesus also said he's one with the Father. And then after Jesus was resurrected and ascended to heaven, Jesus' own spirit was sent from the Father. And so the Holy Spirit also is God. And this trinity of persons is the one true God. That is a mystery. If we were making this up ourselves, we would have made it much simpler. But the truth is sometimes complicated. But of course, there is a, a, a simplicity to this fact as well. This one true God, this trinity, has created us to know God and to be in union with God. And so as we worship in music and with our words of, of uh, the songs and the words of the prayers, the words of Scripture, we are strengthening our union with this one true God, the Trinity. So let's sing together number 588. 588, we have come into his house, and there will be uh, a verse on the screen that is not printed in your hymnal. So uh, in terms of words, just keep looking at the screen. And if you're able, please stand. into his house and gathered in his name to worship him we have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship him we have come into his house and gathered in his name to worship Christ the Lord worship him Christ the Lord. Let's forget about ourselves and magnify his name and worship him. Let's forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship him. So forget about yourself and concentrate on him and worship Christ the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Let us lift up holy hands and magnify his name and worship him. Let us lift up holy hands and magnify his name and worship him. Let us lift up holy hands 
and magnify his name and worship Christ the Lord. Worship him, Christ the Lord. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Song number 30. How majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, we praise your name. Oh Lord, we magnify your name, Prince of Peace. Majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Oh Lord, we praise your name. Oh Lord, we magnify your name, Prince of Peace. Mighty God, O Lord God Almighty, O Lord, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. O may be seated. Let's pray. God, we acknowledge that you are great, your name is majestic, and we depend on you for every breath. You created us in love, from the love of your eternal being, and we have no life apart from you. We acknowledge that we are fragile, our lives are in your hands. And we also acknowledge your right to judge us, the choices that we make, and to refine us. And so we humble ourselves and we acknowledge you. And we ask for your help. We ask for your Holy Spirit to come with power 
to cleanse us, to clarify our vision, and to bind us together with you, to strengthen our union with you. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy Spirit, come with power. The words are on the screen, but if you want to follow the notes, they are at number 588. Four, uh, sorry, 455, 455. <laughs> Believe what I wrote on the screen. Holy Spirit, come with power, breathe into our aching night. We expect you this glad hour, waiting for your strength and light. We are fearful, we are ailing, we are weak and selfish too. Upon your congregation, give us vigor, life anew. Holy Spirit, come with fire, burn us with your presence new. Let us, as one mighty choir, sing our hymn of praise to you. Burn away our wasted sadness and inflame us with your love. Burst upon your congregation, give us gladness from above. Holy Spirit, bring your message, burn and breathe each word anew. Deep into our tired living Till we strive your work to do Teach us love and trusting kindness Lend our hands to those who hurt Breathe upon your congregation And inspire us with your word And our words of assurance are from Psalm 8, verses 5 to 8. The Lord has made us a little lower than the angels and crowned us with glory and honor. You made us rulers. God made us rulers over the works of his hands and put everything under our feet. All flocks and herds, the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. And this might seem counterintuitive. How can we manage all the fish and the, the birds? It's like the saying goes, it's like herding cats. You can't do it. But somehow God has given us the responsibility and the power to manage uh, the world that he made. Uh, he, he made us in his image. 
male and female. And by the way, uh, this being Trinity Sunday, just the way that God said that in Genesis 1 was one of our first clues that God is not just one lonely person because God said, let us make humankind in our image. And so God has given us, male and female, in partnership, the power and authority to manage and protect this world. So may that be an assurance to you of uh, God's partnership with us and, and our, uh, our power to do good. And our song of assurance is in, uh, in the voice of God, I will come to you in the silence. to you in the silence I will lift you from all your fear you will hear my voice I claim you as my choice be still and know I am here I am hope for all who I am eyes for all who long to see In the shadows of the night I will be your light Come, come and rest in me Do not be afraid, I am with you I have called you each by name Do not be afraid. 
Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for these words of assurance, your love for us, the way that you know our sadness and give us light and strength and the reassurance that you are with us. Thank you for your healing at all levels. And thank you for all the resources you give us, not only for ourselves, but also to share with others. And so as we give money through this church and in other ways, and as we share our time and our abilities, take what we give and multiply all these things for your glory and our good. Amen. Our scripture reading is from Luke chapter 3. I do have it in a Bible, but I realized the fine print in that, even that biggish Bible, just will not do, so I need to use my phone. So Luke chapter 3, starting at verse 8. And this is John the Baptist speaking. Produce fruit in keeping with repentance. And do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees. And every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. John answered, Anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be the Messiah. John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear his threshing floor and to gather the wheat into his barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. The word of the Lord. All right, let's pray to dismiss the children. Jesus, thank you for your love for little children. Thank you that you placed your hands on them and blessed them. And thank you that you taught them as well. And so... May your spirit rest heavily on the teacher this morning to be the blesser and the teacher of children. Amen. All right, you can be dismissed and...
Head down the hall to the left. Okay, I'll get uh, one of our ushers to have a microphone ready just in case there is an announcement that you would like to make. But we'll review the ones that are in the bulletin first. The first one to come up will be this afternoon at 3 o'clock. We're going to have the care home service. So I invite you to join us there for that. And then as regularly scheduled this week, Wednesday will be prayer meeting at the church. And then I'm going to pause and ask, is there youth happening this week as well? And uh, the people who are involved know what's going on, so... That's great. And then next Sunday, at this time, we will be outside, Lord willing. 1045 will be our regular service, but it will be in an unusual place, out in the backyard. And if it is pouring rain, we'll be under the picnic shelter, newly constructed. So that'll be wonderful. So that'll be the Sunday school picnic. So bring a lawn chair and dessert or salad to share. So you don't have to share your lawn chair, just the dessert or the salad. And invite your friends. Let's make it a party. Any other announcements that you'd like to make? All right, this reminds me of the uh, format for the EMC conference convention, now known as festival. Uh, so the last couple of days, that's where Russell and I were. And just like I was telling you to, uh, you know, raise your hand and the mic will come to you, that, that has to be the practice for those meetings, partly so that we can hear each other in the room, but also because now all these meetings are uh, streamed online. There's always a group of people in other places participating. And for them to hear what's going on, we have to use the microphone. But it's a, it's a pretty rich time, so I'll just add a few words about the festival before we pray for that, which is ongoing still this morning. Uh, it was held in Rosenort and very good conversation Friday with the ministerial about the, uh, the makeup of the ministerial and, and uh, how we keep each other encouraged and accountable. And then yesterday was the, the conference council, which is the voting and business time and for that, um, you know, our church has, has voting rights. And, you know, some of it is, is fairly straightforward. In fact, the budget this year did not increase at all. It's the same as last year. But the, uh, the richness of that day has much more to do with the reporting. We get to learn what's going on in the conference, in the churches all over the country, and also in the work of our missionaries all over the world. So it was pretty inspiring. And uh, I think some of it will be on the, the conference website, but uh, just really encouraging. I'll, I'll just tell you two things that stood out. One was uh, one of our missionaries is Kyla. Thank you. Kyla Plett is what I was going to say. Uh, you may remember Darnell Plett, Darnell and Emily. Uh, he was here as an interim pastor right after I wasn't. And his daughter, Kyla, is working in the north with uh, 
youth groups on different reserves and, and uh, communities in the north. Just really encouraging to hear how the discipleship is going there and how they come together for camp ministry at what used to be Midway Bible Camp. What's it called now? Maybe still called Midway. Anyway, a northern camp. And uh, the other report that followed it immediately after was the, uh, the couple Brian and Tricia Reimer. And uh, they're from the same church as, as Darnell and his daughter Kyla. And uh, they are working in Central Asia in about four different countries being pastors to the missionaries there. And so they get to uh, help and encourage a lot of different people as well. So that was just a, that's a little snapshot of what's going on in the conference and beyond, beyond Canada. Okay, so I'll give you the same opportunity. Sorry, Davis, could you get that mic again? If anybody wants to share a prayer request, uh, we can add that to our prayer time as well. But we see Henry is here. Glad he's out of the hospital and, and recovering here at home. And we know that Margaret Schultz is scheduled to move to the Gladstone Care Home. And Betty Queering is waiting for her opportunity as well to move to a care home. We're glad that Wenda is here after her fall. Drove herself home, she said, afterwards. <laughs> Anything else that you want to share before we pray? All right, then let's go to prayer. Father, thank you for inviting us to speak to you as your children. You already know everything we need, but as we express these things out loud, we get to see the answers eventually and give you the glory for it. And thank you that you also hear those things that we don't say Either they seem too small or they seem too big. So we bring to you, first of all, the, the work that we are part of and that we ask for your help with, our own personal outreach to others, our own ministries in this community and through this church, as well as the ministry of the conference in Canada and around the world. And thank you also for the churches in the conference that are uh, not in English, even though they are in Canada. Bless those ministries as well. And we lift up to you our, our needs, our felt needs for healing in our bodies and in our spirits. We thank you for uh, the recovery that we can see already in, in Wenda and in Henry. We pray for your continued uh, strengthening of them and also of Margaret and Betty. And thank you for those who are uh, recently encouraged by the ability to hear and see better or to be able to drive again. Thank you for birthdays and other celebrations of milestones in our lives. And thank you that you are with us in our joys and our sorrows. And in this silence, we bring to you those things that are on our hearts.
Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers, hearing our hearts, for answering with everyday kind of solutions as well as miraculous signs. And we give you the glory for all of that. In Jesus' name, amen. And come on up, Gord. We pray God's blessing on you too as you speak from his word. Good morning. I am nervous, um, but welcome. Um, it's good to be here. Uh, I, I love studying, and part of preparing is doing an awful lot of studying and soul searching. Um, something we've been trying to do when I preach or when I bring a message is also to take an opportunity to share a bit of a, just a practical uh, thought or idea that can benefit everyone. Uh, it's an idea that we first came across in a church in St. Albert, Alberta, when we attended with uh, our oldest boy and his family. And the pastor called it a family moment or a family teaching moment. And to be honest, I don't remember what he said. Uh, I remember I liked the idea, and I thought, man, that's, that's something that we... Uh, we often don't, well, I've never seen, so I thought it was kind of a neat idea. Um, so uh, this is one that I've done before. I actually keep it on my phone because more than I would care to admit, I have to remind myself of this. Um, how do you handle a house divided? Somehow, a small disagreement has turned into a major dispute. You and your spouse continue to fight until it gets out of control. Now you are left standing alone in the kitchen, knowing she is upstairs in the bedroom with a hurting heart. Our first instinct is to stand our ground and win the argument. But when you do that, nobody, nobody really wins. So what do you do? Or maybe what should you do? Often it's different, what we do and what we should do. Hold your spouse higher than your pride. Uh, don't focus on being right. Focus on the relationship. Keep your eye on the goal of having a peace-seeking, joy-filled marriage. And that applies to me uh, in a way that I am in a marriage, but we are all in a relationship. We are all in countless relationships. And uh, not every relationship lasts. Um, not every relationship is salvageable. Friends drift apart, coworkers get upset, people get hurt. And often there isn't much we can do about it, but it's on us if this happens because of our pride. Romans 12, verse 8 says, If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. God, we just thank you for this morning. Thank you for the sunshine. We thank you for our community. We thank you for our church family. And God, we thank you that you love us oh so much more than we even acknowledge or know. 
Lord, we just pray that as I share some thoughts on a passage this morning, that uh, your word, your truth, would be all that is heard. Lord, we uh, just thank you that uh, thousands of years later, you are still speaking to us every day. Amen. So thanks, David, for reading the text from this morning, or for this morning. And I'm not sure where your thoughts go when you read this passage. And I'm not sure what your, how you approach scripture and what that, you know, what you're looking for, whether you're looking for um, inspiration, truth, uh, or all of it. Uh, but when I look at any scripture, it is with a mindset of what does it mean to me? What can I learn about God? What can I learn about myself? And what do I have to change about myself or what do I have to do to make uh, what I know about myself more in line with what I know about God? And uh, that's a stretching stretching proposition most times. Um, in the passage, verse 16, John answered them, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful, more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit is where my thoughts go. And uh, we have had more than one discussion on what that is, what that looks like. Um, traditionally, I think we've probably all been taught that, that uh, when I become a Christian, when we become a Christian, we receive the Holy Spirit. And that is very sound theology. There are also many that believe that it is a separate event where we receive the spirit, a spirit when we are um, baptized, when we become believers, but there is a separate event where there is a, a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, the Bible is very clear that we receive the Holy Spirit and I believe it is at conversion. In John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. And in verse 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send you in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. God will send us an advocate to help us and be with us, one who will teach us all things about God. Have you ever bought anything you need to assemble? Ikea, Canadian Tire. Uh, you unpack everything and grab the ridiculous stick figure drawn by a three-year-old instructions that supposedly contain all you need to know to assemble and enjoy your new purchase. The Holy Spirit is nothing like that. 
It is a personal, intimate being that draws you to and points you to Jesus. He reveals the mind of God, the heart of God for you at that particular moment in your life. Because that changes, that morphs over time. As we grow and as we change, as situations come up, there is more that we can learn. There is more that we can do. And when we tune into the Holy Spirit, it is amazing how Jesus can come alive in us. Whether this is at conversion or a separate um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, um, I don't know that it matters as much. Um, I believe that there are times when we receive extraordinary understanding, wisdom, and power to serve Jesus. That comes depending on the situations we're in, depending on what God is calling us to do. How that happens, whether it's being prayed over by someone else, praying ourselves, or how this happens, it doesn't really matter to me. I know it happens. One, because Jesus says it does. And two, because we've experienced it. What I do care about, what I truly care about is being in a place that allows the Holy Spirit freedom to impact my life. And I hope we all believe that the Holy Spirit is present with us this morning. One of my favorite songs uh, says this as part of the verse, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. And that's our heart, is that we want to acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is welcomed in our hearts, in our lives, and is welcome to move us um, in every situation. And I believe as we allow the Spirit room to work, we will start seeing more and more transformation in our lives, in our churches, and in our communities. I would encourage us not to get hooked up or hung up on technicalities or trying to understand 100% what the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire means. Just accept that we have the Holy Spirit and allow it freedom to move in our lives. So what does this passage tell me about God? One, God anoints people for a specific purpose, for a specific time, for a specific job. John was anointed to a ministry, to a service, and he never got to see the fulfillment of it on earth. Two, God has, everything, has done everything possible to reach us. He sent men and women like John who challenged us, confronted us, pointing us to Jesus. He sent people like John to show us how to stand firm and be confident in our faith and to serve at all costs. He sent his son for us. When my kids or grandkids get hurt or sick, it is actually gut-wrenching to watch. 
Um, and I can't even begin to imagine how it felt God to watch Jesus endure everything he did for us. And while it may be true that the ends justify the means or the outcomes, it doesn't really make it easy to be, to be a part of, to be witnessing. There will be a testing and a proving time in our life. Baptism with fire. Um, again, probably more than two, but two are two ideas that, that we've been talked about or we've been uh, exposed to is uh, one is that we'll be refined and purified through trial as believers. Burning away, pulling away everything, every part of us that contradicts the nature of God. And then the second thought is uh, the judgment for those who reject Jesus. So what do I learn about myself? Which is a little bit... Um, Maybe harder for us to be objective about, um, because that's not something that we can Google and get thousands of different um, passages or ideas on. What do I learn about myself? And this may be similar to what you're feeling, but maybe not. That's okay. We're different people. We're all different, different places in our in our life. But I've not been as open to the Spirit as I used to be or as I'd like to be. Personally, I've allowed work, life, and busyness to hinder the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit teaches us all things about God, why do I still understand so little about God? Why do I understand so little about what he did for me? Um, and if God did so much for me, what am I doing for him? So where do I go from here? Preparing for today has been challenging. It brings back all kinds of emotions and thoughts and doubt and questions. Uh, as I was thinking about John, and how his ministry probably didn't go the way he envisioned, all the way, uh, yet he was faithful to the end. As I think about him, as he, he stuck with it and he did what he felt that God was calling him to do, uh, knowing what the cost was, I'm encouraged to stay focused on the rules God has for me today. I'm challenged to put more time and energy into spending time with God, allowing the Holy Spirit to direct me more than I try to direct myself. To let God do what God does and be thankful he has invited me along the journey.
I would encourage each one here to read the passage again. And I know you, um, a lot of you have read it before this morning and maybe talked about it this morning. But read it again and ask God what he wants you to learn from it. I'd encourage you to never take anybody's word for what the Bible says, but to study it, meditate on it, and allow the Holy Spirit the opportunity to speak through it. And John had a bit of, had a few practical um, answers for the, for the people. What should we do then, the crowd asked. John answered, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? Don't collect any more than you are required to, he told them. Then some soldiers asked him, and what should we do? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. So some practical applications or some thoughts, I would encourage you to, to think about the, the passage, think about what the Holy Spirit means, um, and be open to, to allowing the Spirit to, to challenge and to direct each one of us. God, we come before you this morning with hearts that are open to your teaching. We come to you this morning admitting that um, some of us are not where you want us to be. Um, and yet, God, we just want to thank you that you care enough to keep pursuing us, to keep opening your arms and welcoming us, welcoming us back. Lord, we uh, think of even the, the couple of examples that John gave the people of practical ways that they can live out their faith, that you would give us opportunities to, to prove our faith or to live out our faith in our community in our homes by uh, doing practical things that, that show how much we care for people. And Lord, as we uh, go from here, we just pray, God, that you would continue to go with us, continue to encourage and strengthen us. And most of all, God, we just pray that you would continue to direct us. Amen. One practical way to serve... I forgot to mention earlier, so maybe this is how God is nudging you to uh, step out of your comfort zone and work in the power of the Spirit, and that is help take care of children this summer on Sunday mornings. Ages 3 to 6, we're going to provide child care, and uh, if you would take your turn doing that, that would, uh, that would be good. Uh, as a response also to... The message this morning, let's sing Spirit of the Living God, number 247.
May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Speak.